You're listening to Colorado Sportscast Podcast. This is the Mortcast featuring Jeff Morton. Now, here's your host, me. What is up, everybody? Thank you for joining me on the latest Mortcast part of the CSG Network. I am your host, of course, Jeff Morton. Glad you can all join me for this uh, one and one series um, CSG slash Mortcast that uh, it's coming fresh off the Nuggets, defeating the uh, San Antonio Spurs uh, due to an incredible fourth quarter spurt from Jamal Murray. Uh, to tie the series at one. And in a series that, as poorly as the Nuggets have played, um, the Nuggets could be up and should be up 2-0. And maybe, as we all look back at this series, maybe Jamal Murray's coming out party, which is really what this was, uh, is something that will uh, springboard the Nuggets to uh, bigger and better things, regardless of whether they win this series or not. And I still think they will in six. Um, I, th- I think that this will be a very, a great learning experience uh, for these Denver Nuggets. And to kind of talk about what specifically happened last night, and I'm going to erase the previous seven quarters because I kind of believe that the, the San Antonio Spurs uh, and their approach to uh, defeating the Denver Nuggets has been primarily to double Nikola Jokic and uh, hope that the Nuggets miss shots. Let's let's be quite honest with you here. There's no there's no defensive strategy that they're employing that is complex or anything like that. They have just been banking on the Nuggets missing shots. Much of the Nuggets missed shots have been wide open threes. And uh, the Nuggets have obliged the uh, San Antonio Spurs by uh, missing a majority of those shots up until basically what I'd describe as the last half of the third quarter of last night's game into the fourth quarter. And I think that where where I'm going to kind of proceed from here is just based on two things. Um, We're going to reduce this first two-game slot to two players. Uh, Nicole Jokic had a good game last night. He had 21 points and uh, uh, over 10 re- I mean, he, did, he, he was fine. He had almost another triple-double after having a triple-double his first game. Uh, he decided to score more, and that's exactly what he needed to do uh, last night. He did what he needed to do. I am going to completely remove Jokic from this. Uh, if you're going, if we are going to talk about the Nuggets' struggles and their successes in the first two games, we're going to talk about two players. Obviously, Jamal Murray and the other player being Will Barton. Um, and first, I'm going to go over the good, which is Jamal Murray. Uh, we all knew, uh, I knew, uh, my buddy Nate Timmons knows, um, everyone who has even listened to this podcast has said, known over and over, that my view on the issue is that Jamal Murray needs to be the guy who takes over. Um, as great as Nikola Jokic is, and he is by far the best player on the team, um, you need that guy who is driven. And I, I, I think Nikola Jokic is competitive, but not in the same way 
not in the NBA way that Jamal Murray is. Uh, Jamal Murray is a guy that really wants to be that guy that takes over. He's you know, kind of, it, it is in a way that you need a guy, it's frustrating as that is, you need a guy who's going to do that. Um, and maybe not be ball dominant, but be someone who is willing to just say, put it on my shoulders. And for all his faults, uh, especially early, you know, in his third season, Jamal Murray is that guy. And he wants it. And he use on no doubt that Jamal Murray wants it. There is no doubt where Jamal Murray is coming from. He wants the ball. And when you kind of reduce everything down, in the NBA, you still need guys who isolate, and you still need guys who can get their own shot. And last night, Jamal Murray, particularly in the fourth quarter, was hitting some. I mean, he hit uh, one shot over Derek White. That <clears throat> that was, I think it was the three that put the Nuggets up six uh, late in the third, qu- late in the fourth quarter, with like two minutes left. It was a step back into shot clock three that just went. Didn't, didn't even touch the rim, just went straight in. And honestly, you could say that is a low percentage uh, prayer shot, but it's also a shot that he is willing to take and he can make. And it was one of those things where you're like, this is, this is exactly what the Nuggets have been needing. This is what the Nuggets have, maybe the light bulb moment. Uh, because Jamal Murray was really struggling. And uh, he had been struggling to the point that uh, you really wondered if they were nug- what the Nuggets were going to be able to do, but Michael Malone, as he said at, in the post-game press conference, wasn't going to take him out and just basically tried to calm uh, Jamal Murray down, which is a sign of a good coach. Uh, I give a lo- I give Malone a lot of crap, but uh, I think he really has developed this year as a coach and has progressed a lot. And one of those ways he's progressed is learning how to trust his players, uh, and he trusted Jamal Murray. 21 points in the, I mean, he did not score a single point until I believe it was two minutes, two, three minutes left in the third quarter. Uh, he hit a free throw. And then he hit a, I believe it was a, a, a tough two. And that was the third quarter. And then he proceeded to score 21 points in the fourth quarter by himself, basically leading single handedly this Nuggets team to victory. Um, it was a great moment. The Pepsi Center was going nuts. I, um, people were a little concerned that, uh, the fans weren't going to show up. There was, uh, I believe some security, extra security happening because of <clears throat> a certain, uh, situation involving the schools out in Denver and, uh, the, uh, the overall, uh, uh Judgment was to be judicious and prudent, and I, I agree with it. And it took a while for people to actually get into the arena. But once they did get in, there was some angst going on, and we'll discuss that later. Um, but in the fourth quarter, the crowd was tremendous, and it really helped lift this Nuggets team. And Jamal Murray has said this over and over, and I think he is more affected by the crowd presence than anyone. He really wanted to reward fans for being so boisterous, and he did that when he when he took some really awful shots in the game in the first quarter of game one. He was trying to get the make the crowd explode, and I think he learned a little bit from that. Even though he was really struggling and pressing coming up to the fourth quarter, and when guys are kind of pressing in the way Jamal Murray was, obviously some guys need different kinds of uh, attention from a coach. And another way that Michael Malone has progressed is his ability to connect 
to do different things for different players. And uh, Jamal Murray needed just to had Malone to come to him and say, calm down. Essentially, basically, if we are really going to boil it down, there is probably where the, mom, the moment where Jamal Murray uh, let it go. I, I, I don't know if anyone remembers this, but the start of Jamal Murray's career in the NBA was very similar to his start to the game, game uh, two. I think Jamal Murray, for his career, missed his first 20-something shots. Uh, he was over, he was over, yeah, I think it was like 21, 22. Um, it was bad. He was pressing. He wanted to, to get out there and just do show, you know, arrive. This is the, basically say I'm Jamal Murray and he was pressing. Well, this is very similar to the way he started the game. Um, and I think it took him a while to really understand what he needed to do. And once he saw us, and I believe that free throw he took, uh, in the third quarter really kind of, um, loosened him up because let me stress this again. San Antonio's defense is very simple. There's no nothing complex going on. Um, they're trying to, trying to shut down the pick and roll, which is what every team does. Uh, in the playoffs, and uh, they're trying to they're trying to prevent the Nuggets from having Jokic post up. So they double team really quick to get the ball out of his hands. Then um, that a lot of time has forced Jokic out on the perimeter, and he's still making plays and he's still making the right decisions. But if you really want to boil San Antonio's defense down, it's just they'll miss shots. It's, it's not any particular extra hard defense. They just are saying that you Nuggets, we don't believe you will hit shots. It's very simple and it's very basic. And through the first seven quarters, it was working. And by the way, we say seven quarters. The Nuggets were a missed shot away from being up 2-0. Okay? So let's calm down on the narrative that the Nuggets have been dominated in the series. They haven't. Now, San Antonio has controlled the pace, um, but they haven't controlled the outcome necessarily. Because, let's face it, Jamal Murray had a wide open shot to go ahead with, with what, I think 20 seconds left, uh, or no, less than that. It was like uh, six seconds left. Um, and uh, that would have put the Nuggets ahead in the uh, game one, and it, it, he missed it. And that was leading into the next game. Um, I don't get the feeling the Nuggets, particularly after game one, ever thought that they weren't the better team. And uh, that kind of carried over into the next game. And it really manifests itself uh, in that fourth quarter when, after the shots started falling, San Antonio didn't have a backup defense. You know, Murray hit some tough shots, but so did Malik Beasley uh, hit some shots. So did Nikola Jokic. Um, So did Gary Harris. These guys were hitting shots, and uh, really, Paul Millsap, kind of help the Nuggets survive. Because at one point in the game, too, the Nuggets were down by 19. And a lot of that had to do with Jamal Murray and uh, someone else we're going to talk about later in the podcast were missing shots to the point where it was starting to become detrimental to the team. And the Nuggets could, were on the border of not being able to survive all of those missed shots. And Jamal Murray really stepped up and, be, and to, to my eye, became... I remember a couple of podcasts ago, I talked about how Jamal Murray needs to be not Jokic's uh, assistant or uh, supporting player. He needs to be co-star. 
And I believe uh, in game two in the fourth quarter, you know, Jamal Murray became that co co star. And uh, it'll be good to see, and it'll be good for the fortunes for the Nuggets going forward, watching them, those two specifically, learn how to be that unstoppable force in the playoffs. Because obviously in the playoffs, everything grinds. Everything comes down to which adjustments teams make. And uh, to segue from that, nice segue, Jeff, as I pat myself on the back. Um, <laughs> the Speaking of adjustments... Will Barton um, has, and, and I, I want to address this right off the bat. The, the fans ended up booing Will Barton um, sometime in the third quarter. And uh, look, I don't like when fans boo players who are struggling. I, I just, I, I think that is, that is a, Obviously, I understand people, and I understand you pay $400 for a seat specifically since uh, they jack prices up for seats in the playoffs. Um, I understand you've, you've paid for that, so you have the right to boo. I don't like it. I don't think it helps. And I think, not that fans need to be encouraging at all times, but I think that there's the, you kind of make things worse. And I think sometimes fans need to learn not to make things worse. Um, you know, it's like kicking someone while they're down. But, you know, like I said, you pay for that ticket. And I understand if you're frustrated for watching it, that you want to express that frustration. I get it. I just don't like it. I, th- I don't think it's called for. And I think people, if I, if I was going to give people advice, I'm not going to lecture you because you can do whatever the heck you want. Um, but if, it, if I was my advice, I would understand the situation and maybe grumble, but don't boo. Because booing, just, it, it just creates a cycle. And I just, I don't like it. I think, I think fans tend to un, want to vent their own emotions. And sometimes it just doesn't help, particularly with players who kind of get lost in their own heads. And I think that Will Barton, as much as he's struggling, doesn't deserve to be booed because he's given a lot. And, you know, the Michael Malone and Nicole Jokic did point that out. I agree with them to that extent. However, I will disagree in saying you don't lecture fans about what, they can can or cannot do they paid for that ticket um and honestly outside of abusive behavior um you're allowed to to express disappointment in the way the team is playing and that includes booing but i wouldn't do it you know i know this is kind of skirting the line here but i just i don't think it is appropriate necessarily to do that in that situation that being said uh, Will Barton has struggled to the point where the Nuggets are going to have to do something. Um, the difference between, uh, excuse me while I take a, uh, another drink of my Coke Zero. Not a sponsor. Uh, anyway, the Nuggets are now at a point where they've got to decide what they're going to do with Will Barton. Um, this is a little different than uh, Jamal Murray. Jamal Murray... Um, can play off ball and he can, uh, you know, while he doesn't rebound and, you know, Will Barton rebounds the heck out of the ball, which is great. Um, but from the premium position that he plays and the style that Will Barton plays, it can start sucking a team into a bad direction if he is completely off and starts pressing. Um, 
the Nuggets don't have a lot of ball-dominant guys. You need guys who can isolate, but they don't have a lot of guys who are just pound, 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 get your shot, like Lou Williams. You know, Lou Williams single-handedly beat the Golden State Warriors a couple nights ago in one of the most incredible games I've ever seen in the NBA playoffs. Um, You know, Lou Williams is extra elite, but Lou Williams comes off the bench. And I think to a large extent, the Nuggets um, made a mistake coming into the year by anointing uh, Will Barton the starting small forward. Mostly it was done because the the Will Barton, Nikola Jokic, Jamal Murray, Paul Millsap, uh, Gary Harris lineup is considered to be an elite lineup. Problem being, uh, the sample size with that lineup, particularly last year, was very small. And what happens over the course of the year, and and Will Barton's been back since January, so we've got a large enough sample, even though he is struggling since he's come back. Will Barton um, has always been a certain type of player, and uh, that is great, like Lou Williams, in situations where he's coming off the bench. And really, sixth man is ideally Will Barton's best role. Um, You need a guy who's going to do that, like I said, like Lou Williams. Now, Will Barton plays closer to Kobe Bryant than than he does Lou Williams, who is uh, smaller and faster than uh, Will Barton. But it is kind of the same sort of, not necessarily spark plug, but it's the same, a guy who can get you those points off the bench. And I think it may be in the Nuggets' best interest to put Torrey Craig in the starting lineup uh, for some extra defensive help and move Will Barton to the six-man role and have him maybe in combo. Now, obviously, he and Malik Beasley do duplicate a lot of skill sets, and you may have to stagger some lineup. But I think in order to get his confidence back, you may have to tell Will Barton, we need you in this role right now because it, it may serve us as a unit better. Um, I think it probably will in general. You can still sprinkle him in with the starters. I mean, this is that nothing precludes you from that, and you could play him a lot of minutes with uh, th- that lineup. You could take, you know, Torrey Craig doesn't need to play 30, excuse me, 30 minutes. He can, he can play 15 minutes a game, kind of do what Dante Jones did with the uh, Denver Nuggets in 2009. And someone who basically provides, sets the tone, and then you can get that guy in like J.R. Smith did for the Nuggets in 2009, uh, have him play the majority of those minutes at that same position. I really do think that's where probably Will Barton is best suited. And I think more importantly for him, it will regain his confidence because he'll be coming in against second unit guys. And I think that what is what has happened is now that Barton is in his head. Since he is such a ball dominant guy, it sucks the team into a bad place because Barton tends to pound the rock out of the pound the air out of the ball and it just causes everyone to stand and the team that this team I, th- I think other teams can deal with that like specifically the Clippers with Lou Williams they're kind of they're not they're not like craving a ton of ball movement right the the Nuggets need that because their entire team is predicated on you know dribble handoff 
um, cutting to the rim, um, getting everyone getting open on pick and roll, um, someone collapsing the defense, and Chet going coming out to the uh, throwing it out to the three point line. Um, really, the Nuggets the Nuggets are predicated almost exclusively on that. Even when Mason Plumlee is in the game, however, I can see the Nuggets having Will Barton. Mason Plumley, uh, Monte Morris, um, a, a lineup featuring those guys sprinkling with Paul Millsap uh, uh, coming in with the second unit guys and Jamal Murray to really get a get this team jump started in the second unit that is struggling. Will Barton, if he gets his mind right, can be the guy that takes over that role in the second unit. And becomes the guy that lifts the rest of this team. And I think that's where his confidence needs to come back. Um, and it's hard to tell guys in the NBA that you need to come off the bench. Um, they take it really personally. Um, the perception is still you're on the bench, so you're a bench guy. And there is a negative connotation to that. And NBA players don't like that. They don't. They take it as a demotion. And look, I'm not in their shoes. It's easy for me to say, just do it, right? Um, but NBA guys, like, they don't take it well. And But it may be, and then maybe then if I was the Nuggets, I would preach it this way. For his best interest and the team's best interest, Will Barton needs to take that, that six-man role, do what freaking Will, Lou Williams did, and he single-handedly won a game against the defending champion, uh, Golden State Warriors for the Clippers, take that role. Be Lou Williams. I think the Nuggets need that. They need that guy to do that because Malik Beasley's not ready for that. Um, and the Nuggets, if they had Will Barton coming off the bench, maybe that pressure would be off and maybe he would start being old Will Barton. And I think we're going to get there. And I think going into San Antonio for tomorrow's game, I hope that the Nuggets kind of realize this and understand that they need to play Will in that role for him, his own good. Uh, because at this point, it is he is so he's so bad out there that it's when he's out. I mean, they didn't play uh, Will Barton the entire fourth quarter. Rather than having to do that and to sacrifice him, maybe do something get his confidence back in order to help the team. Going forward in the playoffs, playoffs are all about adjustments. You, they're chess moves, and this is just another chess move. And I think that's one that probably can benefit the Nuggets greatly. Okay, well, thank you all for joining me again. Um, I just go, I'm going to be starting a new podcast. It's called "This Is Morty and Joe." Um, it's a little riff on the movie. This is Spinal Tap. Uh, it's all about movies, all about music. Uh, it's all completely not sports related. It's all culture. Um, and, uh, it's not necessarily part of CSG. It's just what I'm starting. I will let you know when it, the first episode is up, uh, and, uh, it's going to be fun. I, I really, really am looking forward to it and I hope all of you enjoy it. Uh, you may look at it and say, well, this is a uh, old man talk and probably true, but you know, if you're, if you're like me and you like that sort of thing, and if you like talk about music and movies and all that stuff, you will love this podcast. Anyway, thank you all for joining me and I will be talking to you soon.